Welcome to the Conversion Tracking Playbook, where we share how to overcome tracking challenges that e-commerce brands face today and real-world examples of transforming data into insights. Welcome back to another episode of the Conversion Tracking Playbook. I'm your host, Brad Redding, and I'm solo this week as we dig a little bit into what's new with Facebook tracking and also just a rundown of really what Facebook looks for from our perspective at Elevar in data collection. So data set IDs. Some of you, probably most of you, have seen an update in your events manager UI inside of Facebook Business Manager. You may not spend a whole lot of time looking at events on a day-to-day basis, but there is a slightly new view in your events manager where you would typically go look at page view, add to cart, purchase events, etc. And there was a notice at the top for a while that stated, hey, we're transitioning to a new view. You'll now see your pixel data rolled up under a data set. And it sounds more complicated than what it really is. So essentially, if you have a Facebook pixel that you've been sending data to for a year, two year, five year, 10 years, there's really not much that you need to do. Most of the time, what Facebook has already done for you or will do if you are not seeing this yet is your Facebook pixel will essentially become your data set ID. And what a data set is, it is Meta's way of allowing you to send data from different sources and have it roll under one master data set. So let's just start with a data set. You have a data set ID, which for most, if not all of you, it's going to be the same as your pixel ID. But within that data set, you can send data from your pixel, from the conversion API, from an iOS app. So think Tapcart if they have a separate integration, from their App Events API, offline data, or if you're doing a CSV upload. So historically, you would have different, you'd have an offline conversion API, you'd have your pixel, and then the pixel was combined with a conversion API, but you would have these disparate pixels or data sources that you couldn't combine everything into one view. So really, that's all that Facebook is doing here is just simplifying the process for you, but also allowing you as a business to take advantage of, all right, send us all of your different data, since we know you'll have data coming from different sources, and you'll have potentially retail stores or partners that you're selling through or whatever it might be, but just send all that data into one quote-unquote master pixel ID or data set ID. And that will allow Facebook to use that in their algorithms to bid in your, their bidding process and their ROI process, et cetera. So not really a whole lot that you need to be worried about or change. You definitely, as far as I know, you don't need to make any changes. So it's not like you have to go through this drastic re-implementation of your Facebook pixel or conversion API. It's just a slightly uh, new and different way that Facebook is looking to the future. Who knows? There'll likely be a metaverse, like a, a metaverse data collection API that they'll eventually merge into this data set. So that's the TLDR on data sets. Not a whole lot of action, but it is interesting as you'll be able to drill into your events and different behaviors based on where that data is coming from. So if it's coming from a pixel or a copy or offline or your uploads. So that's the data set ID. I wanted to start there to transition just to do a reset on what does Facebook want? So at Elevar, we focus on ensuring that we are collecting and sending the maximum amount of data to your different channels. So let's just talk Facebook. So if you are coming to Elevar for Facebook, chances are you just want Facebook to receive more data. So the data that you were viewing inside of Facebook or reporting inside of Facebook is accurate and or so the data that Facebook is receiving is going to help your campaigns and ability to scale become more efficient. 
So how does Facebook really do that? So I look at this as in a genius model. So think three circles and we have a middle. So circle number one is the total number of events. Facebook wants to receive all of your events. So purchase events, add to cart events, page view events, et cetera. This is why they rolled out conversion API because they knew three, four, five years ago, they could tell based on pixel activity that they were losing out. They're missing 20 to 30% of signal based on ad blockers, browser changes, et cetera. So enter conversion API or server-side tracking, and they Facebook wanted to use that to essentially supplement and fill that void of the missing 20 to 30%. So this is where the before iOS, you would look at how many purchases did I have in Shopify yesterday? How many purchase events is Facebook telling me that they received? Is it 100%? So that's what I mean around total number of events. So that is one part of this Venn diagram or genius model, which I'm, I called it earlier. Number two is event match quality score or customer data parameters. So if you were to send all of your events to Facebook, that's great. Facebook has all of your purchase events, all of your added cart events. But if it doesn't have or it has limited amounts of user matching data, then Facebook won't be able to attribute any activity from your site back to a campaign. So this thing, direct none traffic in GA, where it's just, it's a void. You, you don't really know where that traffic came from and how to analyze and slice and dice that. So the obvious user matching parameters here would be email address, IP address, name, phone number, and then you get into the nuances of their FBC and FBP parameters, which are essentially cookies set on visits, or the FBP is set for all users that are visiting the site. And there's more, you can get into location, address, city, state, et cetera. But that's user matching data. And in their docs, they specifically state Examples of high-quality customer information will be email address, IP address, name, phone number, and they also uh, dive into the why behind FBP and FBC. But that is Venn diagram or circle number two in terms of event tracking. They need that data so they can help match activity from your site back to views and clicks within the Facebook platform. And they state that very clearly. I'll use air quotes here. Quote unquote, while unmatched events cannot be used for attribution for ad delivery optimization, they can still be used for basic measurement. So, again, it's a lot of this user matching data, which rolls up into a match quality score, which you'll see the good, great, or the 5.3 or 8.3, 8.2. You'll see that in your event details, which just comes from CAPI events. Circle number three, we have our event deduplication. So, this is as of today. Facebook still wants you to send data client-side through their pixel in addition to conversion API. So if you are able to send a purchase event through the pixel and through the conversion API, there's a process for sending an event ID and the event name, which Facebook will use to deduplicate. And then they discard the duplicated event, which they are giving preference to. Historically, they stated they would give preference to a purchase event from the pixel versus the conversion API event. But I don't know if they've updated there or even stating what they're doing today. But anyways... Event deduplication. So if you aren't sending these parameters, there's a few. So there's the event ID, there's an external ID, which is kind of like a user identifier. There is the FBP parameter. So those are also in their event matching view inside your events manager UI. So if you were to click on view details and you'll see the event matching tab, but that's the third part. So if you don't have that, if you don't have event deduplication in place, which is pretty much table stakes now, I don't really, this isn't really a big lift for any integrator, whether you're using the native Shopify Facebook channel, Elevar, or others. But all three of those together is really what you, when you maximize all of those, so you send 
100% of events across all of your funnels. So page view, product view, add to cart, initiate checkout, purchase, et cetera. And you are sending the maximum amount of user data with those events. So this includes even returning visitors coming back after three, four, five, seven, thirty plus days, maximizing the user data you're sending and ensuring that they are deduplicated. That's like the middle. That's the middle of that Venn diagram, which will give you the best opportunity to ensure Facebook reports to the best of its capabilities and also allowing it to scale as efficiently as it can for you. So ultimately, why does it matter? Why does Facebook want that data? That's their auctions. So think about a Facebook auction. The formula is bid times estimated action rate times the ad quality that equals the total value. And that's what they'll use to rank and essentially start making the decisions on what brand quote unquote wins the auction to show an ad for that particular user. And the estimated action rate, the way it's defined is it's the probability of getting a desired outcome or action. So this is really where data that you're feeding the Facebook engine if your campaign goal is to get conversions, then the estimated action rate will be the probability of that user that you might be bidding on or that you are bidding on to convert after clicking or engaging with your ad. And without getting into the nuance and all the machine learning or likely AI that Facebook's doing behind the scenes, which none of us really know exactly how it works. Essentially, if we just boil it down to they're looking at that user like, hey, should we show this ad, your ad to this user? What are the characteristics of this user? What are previous users who have converted for your brand? And how likely is it that this user matches the traits of previous users or potentially their previous activity? So the user that might be bidding on their previous activity, how likely are we to get that estimated action rate? Or how likely are, is it that user will convert? So that's where the estimated action rate. So when this is really high, so in this formula, if the estimated action rate is very high, that's where you could be bidding lower than other competitors that you were bidding against in the ad auction. You could be bidding lower, but just by nature of having a higher estimated action rate, and we see this many times, you end up paying less. So you're paying less for a click or less for a, an acquisition or less for CPMs go down because your estimated action rate is so much higher. So you can actually win the formula because you have a higher variable in that formula of bid times estimated action rate times ad quality. So that's why that Venn diagram of those three principles are really critical to maximize your Facebook performance. And ultimately for Facebook, why does that matter? Why do they want all of that max event data, user data, et cetera? It's so you spend more. They know if you are seeing a return, on your investment, you are going to spend more. If you don't, you're going to pull your budget. We already saw this happen in, in the last two and a half years. After iOS and quote unquote performance tanks in terms of what you could see in Facebook, and they obviously had targeting issues, you pulled your spend. And you can see this in an earnings report. That's where Facebook ultimately tanked, their stock tanked. As Facebook has recovered and the post iOS hangover has recovered, people are bringing budgets back to Facebook. So they know if they're able to approve out performance, acquire new customers for you, you will continue to spend there up to your ceiling, most of you. And this isn't just Facebook wins, you will win as well. So if you're able to spend more and acquire more up to your ceiling, most brands will spend as much as they can as long as they're getting a return because it's a you know, market you want to capture market share as quickly as possible. So that's why it matters in terms of that Venn diagram. And it's, I think it's important as we evolve through this year and there's going to be more and more changes that happen around privacy and consent, et cetera, is just do your due diligence and not just in Facebook, but for other channels as well. Are they getting the maximum amount of event coverage? Are there ways for you to improve your event match scores or the amount of customer data that you are receiving? 
And it's simple. We actually have this on our site. It's on the, our Facebook performance page. A very simple, if you're still using just the native Facebook channel app, you can just do an apples to apples of looking at, okay, what data am I getting with the native Facebook channel integration? And what am I getting with the LFR integration? And you'll see, this is a podcast. It's audio only right now, no video, but you could see the, the differences of coverage. So for example, in the native Facebook channel app, your non-purchase events, you're getting email, IP address, user agent, external ID, click ID. In the Elevar CAPI integration, you're getting those plus phone number, plus browser ID, FPP, plus zip code, country, first name, last name, city, state. So there is a fairly drastic difference there between the two. And then you can also do the event count coverage. So if you pull up event, it's actually called event overview in your events manager, this will give you the count. So it'll show you a count of how many events did you receive client side from the pixel? How many events did you receive server side in your CAPI integration? Purchases are some of the easier one to look at because you can just look at your Shopify orders and then look at how many server side orders are being received by Facebook. Unless you have duplication, duplicate events, which still happens, typically server events should be higher than browser events. Browser events are higher than server events, then more than likely you have duplicate tracking in place. You potentially are firing multiple purchase events through an upsell funnel, so a post-purchase funnel. So there are some nuances there to consider, but in general, server events should always be higher. You can do this evaluation yourself. Again, there's a video on our Facebook performance page. There'll be a link in the show notes that I'm just walking through in this in a canvas showing you how to look at that. Anyways, that is a little bit more in the weeds on the Facebook data set, not a whole lot that you need to worry about there or change. But I thought it was a good exercise just to walk through the process of the data that Facebook wants to receive in terms of our world and, and D2C ecom and events and user matching scores and deduplication and why it matters for auctions and how you can actually make an impact in your auction process to reduce spend and potentially maximize your return and efficiency and how you can actually DIY and go check some of this data, validate this data yourself. As always, if you have any questions on this, let me know. Uh, so there'll be a couple links in the show notes to data set, just a meta help doc overview on the data set IDs and just to give you more context on that and the visual of the Facebook performance report that I just mentioned that you can walk through. With that, that's it for this week. I will see you on the next episode. Did you enjoy today's episode? If so, we release two new episodes per week. So be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else that you subscribe and listen to your podcasts. I also have a favor to ask. I'd really appreciate if you could leave a comment or a review so I can learn exactly how to improve future episodes for you. And last but not least, if you want to connect with me, find me on LinkedIn by searching Brad Redding at Elevar. That's E-L-E-V-A-R. Or you can DM me on Twitter. My handle is I am Brad Redding. I look forward to connecting with you. Thanks again.